Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm Dylan Waugh, Ken's sidekick. I am the David Cross to Ken's Bob Odenkirk. Welcome to Mr. Show with Ken and Dill. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about, of course, the Santa Cup final that just uh, finished and <laughs> some repercussions that might be coming of that and a few other various topics, including the Hall of Fame. So check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, Ken underscore Campbell, 27 with Dylan Waugh. No good? No, it was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. What, have you ever watched Mr. Show? No. No? No. Um, you're into sk- sketch comedy. I am. Yeah. So. Have you checked out I Think You Should Leave yet? Okay, so I've seen clips of it on Instagram now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty it's, good. It's off the rails. It's off the rails? It really is. Yeah. It is. Every skit goes off the rails. Every single one. I saw the one where he tried to do like the pay it forward thing at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, 55 burgers, 50 <laughs> And then the other woman tries to do it yeah, to him, yeah. and then, yeah, it's, it's very, very funny. They all go, like, completely off the rails like that, yeah. every, every single one of them. Yeah. And, and it's some of the funniest, weirdest stuff I've ever seen. It's hmm. great. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. so this other one you're talking about. Mr. Show with, uh, so you know Bob Odenkirk, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know David Cross, of course. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was them... Uh, doing a sketch show when they were young. Oh, geez. And it that was, has potential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's it really funny. I've only, you know, watched a few s- samples here yeah. and there. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah okay. it's uh, quite good. We'll watch one uh, before we get going here. Okay. Yeah. So before we get started, check out kencampbell.substack.com for this podcast directly into your inbox. And of course, Ken's excellent writing. And... Check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter and all that good stuff. But Apple Podcasts, okay, we've got our very slow trickle of reviews. Okay, it's good, good, and uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's get going. Let's start off with just a little uh, a little two days after the Stanley Cup final, as Doctor Spock would say, a little rap sesh. Okay, is that how you feeling about the. He was like the kind of the, the precursor to like gentle parenting. Oh, right? was Dr. He? Spock oh, okay. was like okay. uh, yeah, yeah. from the 60s or something like that. Okay. No yeah. relation to, no relation to uh, Live Long Nemo. and Prosper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So two days after the cup final in which Vegas wins their first Stanley Cup and 12 years to the day since the Boston Bruins caused rioting in the streets in Vancouver by winning the Stanley Cup right. in game seven. Yeah. Yes. So, in a word, did you enjoy the final or not? As a yes or no. Okay, so but first you said in a word, so I'll say um, opaque. <laughs> like what? In a word, uh, anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, like, do you want a word? The or do word you want is a yes, yes or, or no, no answer. <laughs> you know that the two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. You know what? Yes and no are by definition <laughs> words. words. Yeah. All right. Um, I have no other options. I have to say yes or no. Can't say like sorta. Do you want a scale of one to ten? Yeah. Okay, let's do a scale of one to ten. Which, by the way, we're no longer doing in a word. We're not doing okay, it in yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten in a being, number. Ten being can the be... greatest Stanley Cup final you've ever seen. One being dead puck era. Five to six. Really? Yeah. Andrew Raycroft, the former goalie in the NHL for the Bruins. and Leafs the legend. And, yeah. Um, he <laughs> tweeted out after the final, is this the worst Stanley Cup final ever? 
Mm-hmm. And I tweeted back, not even close. Not even close. Yeah. In my mind, there, yeah, there have been some really bad ones. In my mind, actually, the worst one was 2001 between Colorado and New Jersey. Yeah. It was seven games, and it was seven terrible games. Right. Right, like, like it was, it was, it was made worse by the fact that it went seven games, and like two thousand one, we're talking about the like meat of these dead puck era, right? Right, and, and the two it greatest was goalies, just awful. I thought it was just awful hockey. Yeah. It was just terrible to watch. Um, yeah, no, I'd I'd put this one on a uh, five or six, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was. Super compelling. I mean, it wasn't as competitive as I think anybody would have liked to have seen for reasons that we found out after the series was that, you know, basically Florida was, was, you know, being held together with ball and twine and tape, you know. So, um, um, yeah, I think even if Florida had been 100% healthy and and not had a layoff, um, Vegas still would have won that series, but I, it wasn't as competitive as I would have liked. If it, you know, the hockey was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but the two, you know, game two and five, complete blowouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I just didn't, it just didn't like, I wasn't, let's put it this way. When I was watching game five, I wasn't clamoring for game six. Like, it wasn't like, oh, boy, I hope Florida can pull this out somehow so we can get another one of these games, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was okay. It was it was yeah. good. I mean, it was compelling in, in as much as, you know, the, the subject matter with Vegas and the way they built their team, and we're going to talk about that, and, you know, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the hockey was concerned, it was nothing special, in my opinion. So... It's it's interesting. I actually I I really enjoyed the hockey. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about this, but w- one thing that I'll say uh, to your point earlier about um, I'm proud of the fact that we didn't leap at the lazy narrative of layoff or not layoff, because of course in hindsight, Florida like Florida, Florida needed that layoff. They needed that ten days, and they were still all busted up. Right. You know, and so it would have been so easy to to be like, you know, watch Florida in game one and be like, ah, they weren't ready. Layoff. You know what I mean? As opposed to being like, ah, they were horrifically yeah, yeah. maimed, scarred and disfigured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were basically yeah. the Black Knight saying it's just a flesh wound. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Aaron Ekblad was absolutely that Black Knight. Like his yeah. list of injuries was yeah. extensive. How do we feel about that stuff? How do we feel about knowing that Matthew Kachuk played game four with a broken sternum? I'm not even sure what a broken sternum is. I, it's in your chest, right? The sternum is yeah, what yeah. connects all the ribs. Yeah, yeah. And, and down the center of your chest. You know, I mean, Brandon Montour had a torn labrum. He's going to need surgery, probably miss three months. Um, you know, Aaron Eckblad with his laundry list of injuries. You know, everybody, you know, Mark Stone, there's no way Mark Stone was playing healthy. You know, oh, yeah, his no back, chance. his back was killing him probably. Yeah. And you know what? I, 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 I don't know what to think about it because on the one hand, it's what 
everybody loves about this game, right? Yeah. That, you know, the players will do anything to play. Like, apparently, you know, Matthew Kachuk had to get, Brady Kachuk had to pull him out of bed in the morning. Somebody had to tie his skates. Somebody had to put his clothes on, you know, and then he went out and played and, and you know, and then tried to start a fight with Alex Petrangelo after the game, uh, after the final whistle, which I thought was kind of stupid if yeah. you have a broken sternum. Yeah. Um, anyways... On the one hand, I see it. I see, you know, how this is pretty admirable and, and, and it's something that a lot of people admire mm-hmm. in players, but it's also the thing that causes a lot of problems. A lot of problems. I mean, you know, these these injuries, you don't just go out and play when... You're are in pain. you re- are you referring to drug dependency? Yeah, problems? like and impl- painkillers and yeah. and and the, the, the all the side effects that come with that. Yeah, I think that that's a that's an excellent point. There's a way that that uh, is potentially manageable. You mm-hmm. cannot play if you are on X or Y. Yeah, if you require that to be on the ice. Right. I think there's a way that that's that that's potentially manageable. Um, in terms of the actual injuries themselves, uh. As long as it's not head trauma, I've referenced this before, right? Right, right. You know, the only person that, that died of too many broken bones was Evil Knievel. Yeah, but then you look at Ryan Kessler. I mean, a guy like Ryan Kessler, how many concussions did he have? It wasn't it wasn't head-related with him, and he got shot up with Toradol, and now he has to go to the bathroom 25 times a day. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, it's like, it's great that we put a lot of you know that that we admire the qualities of these guys that they'll do anything to go out and win and everything yeah but but what people don't talk about is after their careers you know those are the same guys who are are struggling right. you know in a lot of cases not not even with drug dependency but just sort of the after effects and the side effects that come with a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. um i i don't you know what i don't know where i land on it yeah uh, uh, because like everyone else, I really admire the fact that these guys are willing to do anything to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, you know, Henri Richard, who wasn't a physical player at all, had CTE, stage three CTE when he died. Yeah. You know, so it, it's that one is like there's a lot of things that I say in hockey People say it's nuanced and it's complex and, you know, like fighting. No, it's not. It's not nuanced. It's not complex at all. This one is, actually, in in my view. I, I agree with you. Um, I like it. I think that I think that the biggest risk is the, is the drug dependencies. I think that most injuries can be rehabilitated and... Um, yeah. You know, and given the amount of money that goes into that sort of thing, but I think the big risk is the drug dependencies and sending these guys out. I mean, there was a there was a thing in the in the Bob Probert story or whatever that just how absolutely terrifying it was to go up against a guy that was like numbed from killers and up on yeah. cocaine and yeah. stuff, and just like it's just you're not even a human anymore. You know, like you're just um, and and was huge and could fight to start with. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Bob then, Probert might have been the scariest player in NHL history. Like, all yeah. all around? Yeah. Like, could score 30, 35 goals? Yeah. Could beat anyone up? Yeah. Could do, like, anything? Like, yeah. it, it, you know, I mean, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I, I wouldn't argue with you. That's for okay. sure. Um, well, we're getting off on a tangent, as we are wont to do. 
Yeah. That anyways, was, that, that anyways, went, it went uh, from it went, went from dark we liked quickly. we liked we liked the I like hockey. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Stay in school. Kids. Stay in school. Um, yeah. So this okay. is your brain on Adderall. <laughs> So you were talking about how much you liked the final. I was talking about how much I thought it was me. So I here here's here's what I liked. It just Florida had for the games that they either won or made competitive, which would be I guess games one, three, and four. Four. They yeah. were, they went down three nothing, then they made a comeback. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty for good. the games that they either won or made competitive. There was the thing that I loved so much about watching Florida was that they had the most unfounded, wavering, unwavering belief in themselves. And it made and it made for good hockey. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. think about game one. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, well, we're down like 4-1. Let's go, boys. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like they, yeah. they have this complete, and, and that's, of course, what you need. That's what you need to make the NHL in the first place. That's what you need to make AAA. That's what you need yeah, to make the NHL. Yeah. That's what you need to get yeah. to your uh, your junior team. Yeah. Like you, you have, have to, to be an you idiot. You have to keep lying to yourself. Right. You, you have, have to, to be keep an lying idiot. to yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so they had this completely unwavering faith in themselves and and even to the point where like when that whistle went and granted uh, the the mystery whistle yeah, as yeah, it were. Yeah, yeah. And uh granted Yes, maybe it did cost them a goal, maybe mm-hmm. because they were pressing mm-hmm. pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. But they were just they were just like God, like it wasn't like that could have cost us a goal. It was like we were going to score. Yeah, we yeah, were going yeah, to yeah, score yeah. and then win in overtime yeah, because yeah. why wouldn't we score right. and then win in overtime? Right, 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 right. And so it made for fun hockey. They were they they never let up on the physicality. They never let up on the nope. you know. No, there was. Uh, this is one of those like. Things where what does Yoda say? There is no try. There is just do two. or do not. Yeah, do or yeah. do not. This one there was a lot of try and it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of try and they did not. But yeah, but still, even that expression is about having a stupid belief in yourself. Right. Right. It's about saying yeah, I'm yeah. not going to try to do that because I'm giving myself. An I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do, do it. it. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. you know what? Funny enough, I quote that to my my goalie students. Oh yeah, all the time. I go, okay, can we try it like, uh, can we do it like this? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll try. I'm like, no, 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 just do it. And if you fail, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, we'll yeah. do it again. You know what I mean? Like, don't, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you do. You should be like the uh, the guy in, uh, what was that movie about drumming? Drumming? With Miles Teller. And he was like really hard on him and threw a cymbal at him and everything. I don't I can't I, remember that movie. I, I, it was like it was like a huge movie. I can't remember the name about of it. drumming downbeat or something like that. And Anyways, you think that I'm the guy that threw a symbol at a kid? No, but you should be that guy. You should be like waving your stick around and like yelling and screaming at kids. And I'm a nice be, guy. I know, but you should. You oh, should I, should, I should. I should. You be, should do it that way. I should up the the yeah, dickometer, yeah, the, yeah. the the dickometer, the dickometer, <laughs> dickometer. <laughs> by by about forty percent. Sure. Yeah. 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 Anyways, all right. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. I have I have a style. Okay. Yeah, and that style is no style. <laughs> <laughs> that style is uh, is very. Uh, how would I put it? Ecumenical. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 very open to ideas and concepts and okay. and trying things different ways. Yeah, you should try stopping the punk sometime. 
I did just ask my knee. <laughs> First time I stop a puck and it and it hobbles me. <laughs> Holy jeez. Um, all right. Well, we don't have to talk about okay. me. Because every yeah. time I talk about myself now, I think about that review. It's like, Dylan seems like a great guy, but boy, he drones on about himself. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you pegged me. You should, you should get his phone calls on a Tuesday afternoon. Oh, nice big bruise. Ryerson. Ryerson Leanders? What? I've been playing with Ryerson. <laughs> what do you mean with Ryerson? They needed a goalie. It's Toronto, Toronto Metropolitan, Metropolitan University. University. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. There's a kid that plays for um, the Mississauga Ice Dogs named Ryerson Leanders. Oh, yeah. He was a, he was a rookie goalie this year. Started out, had a, had a bit of a rough time at the beginning, but then, then really actually was quite good at the end of the year. Yeah. So now I call him Toronto Metropolitan Leanders. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good yeah. alright is there anything more to say on this series or should we get into the teams um, no no we seem determined to talk about anything but the series <laughs> yeah no I don't, I don't want it I'm not big on rehashing stuff I'd rather kind of look forward you're a moving forward kind of guy I am like Don Draper I, of I Mad am. Men no no that's kind of like a yeah. theme in that show he was a sociopath right alright so okay. let's talk about the, the let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. The let's talk about the Vegas the Golden Cup. Knights. Yeah, and what what are what are, what are teams going to to what what will teams learn from this? What what did we learn from this, and what will teams learn from this? I think is is a int- very intriguing question. Moving forward, how do you build your roster? How do you treat players? How do you approach trades and signings? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think the first thing you have to do if you want to win a Stanley Cup is get a octogenarian billionaire to own the team. And and uh, that puts some urgency on winning right there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bill, Fo- Bill Foley isn't going to live forever. He's in his 80s. He's not going to live forever. Yeah. And, 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 and joking aside, I really do believe that that is that was a big part of all of this. Was that there was this constant pressure, this constant drive to win now, particularly after they had such a good first year and they realized they could, you know, they, they, they could actually win a Stanley Cup in mm-hmm. that six-year window. Um you know, and you look at year by year by year, and and you know what I'm. I mean, people who have heard me talk about the Golden Knights could probably come back to me and say, "Yeah, but you were the guy that was saying they were always chasing the shiny new thing." And yeah, I was that guy. I was also the guy who said they they, they who predicted they. My hot take was that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. I liked them the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so Marjo so, to be the so again. I, like I, I totally stand corrected on that one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they are where they are because they were aggressive. They swung for the fences. They were relentless, and they were ruthless. Yeah. All of those things. You know, think about Mark Andre Fleury, right? Yeah. Bill Foley. The owner basically tells him, you're going to be a Vegas Golden Knight for life. Right. You know? And then the guy wins the Conn Smythe, or not the Conn Smythe, sorry, wins the Vesna Trophy. Yeah. Wins the Jennings Trophy. Yeah. And they say, ah, you're gone. Yeah. You're gone. We're trading you for, for essentially for nothing. Yeah. For a minor league 
goalie in Chicago. Yeah. So off you go to Chicago to the, one of the worst teams in the league. See ya. Yeah. You know what they tried to do with Dav? Uh, was it Davidoff when they tried to tried to deal deal him when he Dadnoff, sorry, Dadnoff yeah. when he had no trade clause. You know, I mean, they yeah. just it's well, and they dumped him later. Right, right, and there's just no room for for fall, Stanley fall, Cup winner fall, Shea Weber. No, there's just no room for falling in love with your own players. There's just no room for it, and you know they're ruthless. They're relentless. They 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 they're aggressive, and you know what? Maybe it works in this situation, and maybe it doesn't in others. But my goodness, you've got to really, you know, if you've been sitting there, and you're a team that hasn't won in in almost sixty years in Toronto, and you are faced with, you know, status quo or being bold, like how can you not look at Vegas and say? You know, we really need to make a big move here. Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't just do it once; they did it like every summer, yeah. every off season. They were either signing for signing or trading for someone that was like huge. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know, like I, I was critical of like I, I the shiny new thing. The two guys that w- that were the shiny new thing were Alex Petrangelo and Jack Eichel. Mark Stone could be... He could have been the shiny new thing, too. Yeah. Patch Reddy was a shiny new thing when they traded Nick Suzuki yeah, for him. Yeah, exactly. They, they've exactly. always done that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Paul Stastny when they signed him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, and those guys, I mean, Petrangelo and Jack Eichel were instrumental. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't think the, the Petrangelo contract's going to age well. He's going to be like 40. Who cares? It's going to be like 40. You know, yeah. yeah, but by then yeah. he'll be their sixth defenseman and whatever. They got you a know. cup with him. Yeah, they got, and they won a cup. They can look. They can always look up at that Stanley Cup banner, right? Right, yeah. and say, "Yep, we got that." We that's got what. That. That's what. That's what's always said. It's always the argument: sign the bad contract, win the cup soon, and then who cares about the end of the contract? It's always the argument. Almost never works that way. But it's but it's not like sign the bad contract. Like it's like sign the contract Sorry. that won't age well. Right. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. David Clarkson was a bad contract. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that was from day one. That wasn't going to age well, and it wasn't going to be good at the beginning either. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but but I, I don't know. To me, you look at the two teams that made the final, mm-hmm. you know, and you go, wait a minute. like Gunslinger, gunslinger. Like, yeah, Cowboys, man. Cowboys, yeah. both of them. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. I mean, does it? Win you popularity contest? Probably not. I mean, you know, like in one of his con- press conferences last summer, Kelly McCrimmon ended this thing and no one had any more questions. And the first thing he said was, hey, uh, does anybody want to talk about all the dysfunction in our organization? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so like, yeah. like it doesn't win you any popularity contest, but I don't know. They don't put up banners for popularity contests. They put them up for Stanley Cup wins and uh, and yeah i mean it's not a it's not the capriol silver stick it's the nhl and winning matters yeah i mean if if i were running an organization so so two things one uh they're able to be ruthless because they have such a good a good program that people want to be there right no matter how ruthless they are right it's a little bit like 
certain uh, multimedia conglomerates in this country mm. that keep on canning well-beloved people and yet always have a lineup of other people desperate to take their place. Right. And and when they make, what was it, $77 billion in profit or some stupid oh, it's thing? it's crazy. Record. Yeah. Record-breaking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyways... But it's it's a similar situation is what I'm saying is that if you've got a good enough program while you're here, we're going to treat you so right while you're here. Yeah. If if I was a GM of any team, it's particularly teams that people don't necessarily want to go to but do have money, i.e. Winnipeg or something like that. Yeah. I, I would have, honestly, I, I, I would have uh, a registered massage therapists following these guys around everywhere they go. Everyone would have, every player would have their own massage therapist, athletic therapist, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 they'd, yeah. they'd have a posse that I'm paying for because that's your, that's your cap circumvention, essentially. And, and players will go anywhere they think they can win. Right. If it's Edmonton, they'll go to Edmonton. If it's Winnipeg, they'd go to Winnipeg. Right. You know, they go where they... You know, I mean, they go first where the money is. Like that's yeah. that's the two things players care about. Mm-hmm. It's two things players care about: money and winning. Yeah, but what? Um, uh, who was it that was speaking uh, on Vegas? Who said that their the way that Vegas handled their injury was so good that they might have not considered not playing again? Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It might have been. Mm. Well, it wasn't Jack Eichel, but we also know how how well Vegas yeah. handled Jack Eichel's injury, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, Maybe it was Mark Stone because he said, "I'm going to sit out the entire year and then play in the playoffs and then win a Stanley Cup and never play again." <laughs> <laughs> but I, but my my point is is that is that the way that uh, teams build can build a, a an establishment a culture around players, yeah, is you know it's it's one it's an edge that you can have. Particularly right. for a have team compared to a have not team. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I think that the biggest thing to be learned, we talked about it last week, is do, do you do you want to know the first line at five versus five played fifty two minutes and nine seconds together. Okay. Okay, that was them all three of them on the ice over, together. Over the course of five games? I Eichel, Marchiso, Barbashev. That's only ten minutes a game together. Yeah, I mean you get yeah. breaking apart like you know yeah, what I mean yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. At five versus five. Yeah. Do you know what the fourth line was for how much time they played together? Probably more. No. Oh, no. Not more. Really? No. Eh? No, I... no. 39 minutes and 16 seconds. Okay. So like uh, 13 minutes less. Right. Over five games. The bottom line is, is we talked about it last last week. Vegas was not allowed, not afraid to pay for their depth. Right. If they If they felt that this guy was good enough, then they weren't just gassing them and going to the you know bargain yeah. bin yeah and and the thing the thing is is that gms are so risk averse in in this sport which i do understand but i remember when vegas came into the league and then their first year winning uh, going to the stanley cup final and winning their conference like they are winning their yeah the conference the western conference right they yeah. everything i kept on hearing was like well they got it they got lucky they you know whatever and i thought like if you're a G, like all of those guys were exposed to an expansion draft. Right. Everybody that was on Vegas was right. exposed to an expansion draft. If you're a GM for a team who's willing to make trades and get frisky, what that means is that every single player that was on Vegas was available. Yeah. If yeah. you called a GM, if you called uh, who was the GM in Florida at the time, 
then Marchessault and Smith were available. Yeah. Dennis right? Allen, yeah. 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 If you called him, they were available. You could have had those two yeah. players yeah. probably for not all that much. Well, it, since they were given away for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Marchessault was literally given away yeah, for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it literally. Yeah. Not figuratively. <laughs> yeah. So I, anyways, all I kept on hearing was was teams can't. Uh, teams can't do as Vegas had this edge up and all the rest of it and all I'm seeing is that players were available and teams didn't get frisky enough to take advantage of all those players that were available to me that's that's one of the laziest narratives out there is that mind? no 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 is that is that Vegas (laughs) thanks Uncle Ken is that Vegas was gifted a Stanley Cup by the NHL I hate that that's a that's a terrible terrible narrative I hate that um because you look at that team when they were when they went through the expansion draft they were nothing special yeah that team was nothing special it was a decent yeah team uh with a really good goalie at the time and I think one thing that people forget is that you know, when Vegas came into the league, yeah, they paid their five hundred million, right? Yeah. So they get this beauty expansion draft, Pittance which, is, to which is really which is really good. Like they get this good expansion draft, right? Yeah. So they can build a decent team. But part of the stipulation was that they couldn't pick in the top five in the draft that year. I had forgotten. That, that. was yeah. twenty seventeen. Number one, mm-hmm. Nico Heischer. Right. Number two, Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Number three, Miro Heiskinen. Right. Number four, Kale McCarr. Number five, Elias Pettersson. Right. So if like that, that, that no team has ever picked, no expansion team has ever picked aside from 67 when they doubled the size of the league, no team has ever picked lower than fifth. Right. Right. And most of them pick in the top two. Yeah. In the top one or two. Right. Yeah. So if Vegas had been given that, that advantage, they could have. They there's a good chance they could have gotten one of Nico Hisho, Miro Heiskin, and Kale McCarr or Elias Pettersson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to a couple of specific players on Vegas that we want to talk about, I just had to say Jack Eichel. The fact that I have not yet seen a meme of him, like the most interesting man in the world. Like, I do not always go to the playoffs, but when I do, I usually win Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hasn't lost a playoff series in his career. Hasn't lost a playoff series in his career. Yeah. I hate cherry-picked stats because I saw Aiden Hill has the best save percentage for goalies starting a minimum of 15 playoff games. Okay. Well, what about 16? What about 14? Yeah, You yeah, said yeah. it at 15 because yeah, that yeah. proves your narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, come on. I yeah. hate stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Barbashev, this what a, year, what do, you, what do you think happens to him? He's a UFA. Uh, what do you think this, this story is there? He certainly, well, he played on the top line. Yeah, well, but he's not a top line player, right? Chandler Stevenson. He played was on the no- top line, so he's Ch- literally Ch- a top line player. Chandler Stevenson was their number one center until Jack Eichel got there, right? So literally a number literally, one center. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, a guy, what is he, twenty seven? He's turned twenty seven. Yeah. Um had some very decent production mm-hmm. uh with that top line. Uh might be a candidate to get a little overpaid as a UFA. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. If I'm Ivan Barbashev, I go, okay, what hometown dis- discount do I have to take to stay here? I would totally agree. Yeah. yeah I would totally like, agree. Yeah. I said that about Aiden Hill last week. Where, well, well, we'll move on to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, 
what, what, what do you what do you th- what do you think he'd be worth on open market? What do you think he'd be worth in Vegas? I think Vegas would go four or five by three years. Three years times four? Four point five. Four point five? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be that would be pretty good. Yeah. And I think that's a deal that's not bad for both of them. Barbashev, right. who's been a middle six guy his whole career, is all of a sudden a top flight guy in Vegas. But I also I also think that, you know, I mean he has you know, I mean, let's face it, he's made enough money to set himself up for life, but he hasn't made big money yet, right? So yeah. you're you're talking about four or five. Well, that's double what he makes now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To stay in Vegas. So I would not blame Ivan Barbashev for going, you know, I got to see what's out there. If I was you know? Ar- Ivan Barbashev, though, I'd be saying what did Nachushkin make last year, which is 5.45 or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I should be getting. Right. Right. I promise not to ha- talk about a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's comparable. Mm-hmm. A guy that was a career middle six guy that showed what he can do in the playoffs and then uh, is going for a payday. Yeah, but is relatively expendable, I think. Like, yeah. I, I mean, on that team, I mean, good player, really helped. Yeah. If you can hang on to him, great. If you can't, don't overpay him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, I mean, this is the thing is that we were just talking about Vegas's ruthlessness. And so, you know, it like that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is not that we need Barbashev in the lineup. The secret sauce is that we can get another Barbashev. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Vegas has two goalies that are UFAs, Aiden Hill and Laurent Bossois. Three of them. Jonathan Quick. Well, okay. <laughs> Two of them that actually played a game in the playoffs. Well, and one of them that backed up the entire time. Not even the entire time. No. Because- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, because it was all messed up don't, there for a don't while. Don't try to unravel yeah, yeah, the yeah, goalies yeah. of Vegas, yeah, yeah, Ken. Yeah, yeah. We've already okay. tried that, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's we failed at it every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, no, Jonathan Quick, yes. Um, but, like, you know, in terms of goalies that started and played a significant amount of minutes... Uh, uh, Laurent Bossois and Aiden Hill are both UFAs. What do you think happens with Aiden Hill first and foremost? I think uh, that's a candidate to get overpaid. That's a huge candidate to get overpaid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If I'm Vegas, if I'm Vegas, I'm like, okay, well, we really like you guys, and you, and like, I mean, it goes back to the ruthlessness. I, I would have no problem letting Aiden Hill walk if I were if I were the Vegas Golden Knights and running it back with Logan Thompson next year as my number one goalie. Yeah. I'd have zero problem doing that. Zero. My mom's favorite sales uh, thing that she always references is that she was car shopping and went to the first dealership. And the guy said, am I your first dealership? She said, and she says, yes. And he said, okay, uh, go shopping. Come back to me with whatever the best number is you received, and I'll beat it. Okay. If I were Vegas, I'd say to Aiden Hill, I'd say, you go shopping. Do whatever you want. Tell us what you got on the table. And if and when they hear it, then they probably just say, well, Godspeed. See, see, I wouldn't. I would say, here's our number. Here's our number. Yeah. You know, this much over this many years. Yeah. You know, and like. I hear I hear Aiden what you're Hill saying. and Darcy Kemper are the last two goalies to win Stanley Cups. And this is and this is like if if, right. if 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 that doesn't tell you all you need to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean Aiden Hill was what the fourth goalie on their depth chart? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you count Leonard as one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. count Leonard as one, he might be five. Because you've got uh, Leonard, Leonard, Thompson. Yeah. Um, Thompson, Brassois, who, by the way, was like a Brassois, Calder candidate this Brassois, year. Brassois. Yeah. And maybe quick. Maybe. Well, they didn't start quick over, yeah, over yeah. Hill. Yeah. But so, this. yeah. So he's, he's f- probably solidly at four. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, it's, it's six of one, what we're saying. I mean, the, the bottom line is that he's worth what he's worth. And, and I think that, I think that teams should be wary about paying a goalie just because they're a Stanley Cup winning goalie. Oh, God. Yeah. Absolutely be wary of it. You know? And, uh, and and I think the, the Vegas Golden Knights could go back and to they should Aiden be very say, weary of paying Stanley Cup goalies. <laughs> no, I think they can go they can go back to Aiden Hill and say, look, um, it's great that you did all this, but you're not doing this behind probably 25 teams in this league. Yeah, we're one of those teams that you can have this kind of success with. Yeah, and you know, and being again relentless and ruthless. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're interchangeable. So, dude, the, you are interchangeable. The one thing that I gotta say to that, I'm, I, I'm every not, goalie I'm not makes disagreeing, ten, every goalie but I'm pushing makes ten, back a little ten bit. bell saves every once in a while. I hear every you. One I'm not. Them. I know. I, I mm-hmm. even I do. <laughs> no, but let me I, know when it happens. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it, okay. It'll be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be a whole story. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. But there were several t- points where this in this playoffs where Aiden Hill was relied upon, whereas whenever but Darcy Kemper was that, relied but upon, that's, that's the that's the job description of a goalie. Okay, that's the job description of a goalie. If you were voting, if you were voting for the Con Smythe, I would have given it to Jack Eichel. No, no, I'm not. Okay, that's not the question. The question oh, is okay. if you were, if you were voting for the Con Smythe, I would have given it to Jack Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> If you were voting for the Con Smythe, <laughs> not going to say it. <laughs> okay. And obviously, I know that there's only three on the ballot, right? Yeah. But if the ballot was indefinite, where would Aiden Hill be on that ballot? Well, it would be Eichel, Marcheseau, maybe three. Maybe three. That's pretty good. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that tells, if you were, now, if you're voting for the Con Smythe last year, where would Darcy Kemper be on there on your ballot? Seventeenth, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think that I can count that on. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to take off my socks and start with my toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is the point that I'm trying to make. That being said, I do agree. Aiden Hill is a league average to slightly above league average goalie. I love watching goalies get their chance. Yeah. Part of the reason why I've loved watching Montembeau in Montreal. I like this Aiden Hill story. I like Laurent Bossois. Um I like watching goalies get their chance. So, yeah. Anyways, Aiden Hill. So, this is the good segue, though, into the next subject. Right. Because if I were a team looking for a goalie, I'd be contacting Laurent Brossois. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because as far yeah, as I'm absolutely. concerned, he did almost, he basically did most of what Aiden Hill did. I, I'd have concerns over his ability to stay healthy for a long period of time because that's been an issue with It's him. not like you're going to give him five mil. But it doesn't matter if you're gonna if you're gonna rely on him, you want him to be healthy, you know. Who says you're gonna rely on him? Well, the way they relied on Aiden Hill, the way that the way that Vegas just relied on Aiden Hill. What I'm saying is that if you're a team 
looking to tandem goaltenders, Aiden mm-hmm. Hill's going to get overpaid. There's no two ways mm-hmm. about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Aiden Hill, I'm going to guess is a five million dollar goalie, July first. If that happens, that will be absolutely egregious. Laurent Brassois, my guess is a million and a half dollar goalie, maybe two. That's okay. Right. And That's so what okay. I'm saying yeah. is that if, I, I, if you're if, hedging if your you're bets, giving, if you're, if you're giving me your the bets, choice of getting Aiden Hill at even $3 million and Laurent Brassois at 1.5, give me Brassois. I take Hill at three. I take, I give, take, take Brassois 100 days out of 100. I would take Hill at three. But, um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't think that he's going to settle for three. Oh, God. Really? Unless he's in Vegas. Yeah. Unless that that will be the overpay to end all overpays, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, my point is is that if you're if you're looking for that league average goalie that can sit in your system and you know what I mean, it's kind of look these goalies. You know who they are. You know what the analogy is they're the Charlie Watts of goalies. Okay, right? Yeah, not the flashiest drummer in the world, but he sat in the pocket and held the Rolling Stones together. Right, right. Okay. This is what this is what the analogy is. Okay. Nobody wants to put John Bonham on the Rolling Stones, but at the same time, you don't want to put Ringo Starr there either. <laughs> One time, somebody asked John Lennon if Ringo Starr the was best the best, goalie, or the best, best drummer, drummer in the, in the world. world, and he said he's not even the best, best drummer, drummer in the, in the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Guy was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I Ringo Starr, I'm sitting there going, dude. <laughs> Like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. But the girls like me because I'm considered nice and approachable. He was he was the big heartthrob of the of of the Beatles. Ringo Paul, Starr was. Paul was not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think there was. Anyways, there's an approachability to. Hey everybody! Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a five dollar bet and score two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so let's just move on to, to Vegas, uh, Florida very quickly, uh, and then we'll get on to our other topics Sure, Florida Panthers, uh, their only real free agent upcoming is Radical Gudis. Um, I don't know. I don't know. if they, what, what do you think they do with him? Do you think they let him walk? Do you think they pay him? That's a vexing one. It is. Yeah. It is. I like the way he plays. I, I love the like, way he plays. I, well, I, I like I would like to not have to play against him. <laughs> but yeah. he's thirty three. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. I don't know when the when the fall off is gonna happen. Yeah. But when it does, it won't be gradual. Yeah. You know, it won't be. Yeah, yeah. He'll wake up like, and I'm. I, I mean, I'm. I'm exaggerating, but he will wake up one day and he won't be able to play anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and he won't even be able to explain why. Like, yeah. he'll just wake up one day and he'll be a terrible defensive liability of a player. Yeah, and you just have to worry about when that's going to happen. So. Vegas got a lot of value in their depth defense. They got. More value out of that defense than I would argue maybe any team has in the history of the game. Right. Uh, in terms of getting value out of your defense. Yeah. I would say that Gudis is one of those kind of 
signings that you need in terms of he's never made a ton in his career and he's always provided excellent value. Yeah, what's he at two seven five? What's he at two seven five right now? I believe. I will tell you right now, he is at uh two two five. Two two five. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's that's pretty favorable. Yeah. Where are you getting that at two two five? So, I mean, I roll the dice on that, even if it, it, it takes a three-year contract and you're worried that years two and well, three are bad. That's the thing. It's going to be term more than money here. Yeah. Like, you know, if you could get him on a two-year deal, great. Yeah. But if he wants a four- or five-year deal, then you've got to be concerned. And you've got to get the AAV down if he's going to want, you know, if he's going to want longer, uh, a longer period of time. Something buyoutable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I hear you. I don't, I don't know if he stays with Florida. I think that an interesting thing that will, an interesting question that will be answered in this off season, and of course, it will probably be discussed at nauseum in our off season content, is does Florida consider themselves a legitimate Stanley Cup contender going into next season? Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah, because do you consider them that? I don't know. Like, I mean. They probably, they probably um, got a little hosed last year in the playoffs, and they, the good karma came this year in the playoffs. So, right. like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, what are the Florida Panthers? So, what's the average what between are the they? two of them? What are they? What are the Florida Panthers? Are they a, a President's Cup winning team, President's Trophy winning team that is on the cusp of winning a Stanley Cup, or? Are they what they've been the last two years, which is a dog's breakfast, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, so answering in answering that question of what do the Florida Panthers think they are, my thought is I wonder if after these playoffs, if Bobrovsky is movable. Well, if I'm another team in the NHL and I look at the fact that that, as I said, Aiden Hill and Darcy Kemper are the last two goalies to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. There is no way in hell I am taking on a $10 million contract or part of a $10 million contract. There's just no way. No chance. No way. I would I would stay away from getting Sergei Bobrovsky as far away from it as I could if I were GM. So let me... Let me phrase this a different way because there's because um, the way that those teams were built, Vegas and Colorado, cup winning Colorado specifically, they were built a certain way. The way that Tampa was built yep. was a different way. The way that Pittsburgh was built before that. But they all have one thing in common. They all have one or two studs on the blue line yeah. and they have strength down the middle. Correct. Almost all of them. Correct. Yeah. So, but so if you are today's Colorado Avalanche and you've got, let's say, uh, you've got Landis Gog, who is out for the season, right? That's seven and a half million bucks off your books. Right. Do you consider taking a chance on Bobrovsky, bring Landis Gog in on the playoffs, and you know that your depth is has been diminished. And Tampa, I think, largely won their second cup with that diminished depth. 
due to the stellar play of Andre Vasilevsky, right? Mm-hmm. You know that your depth has been diminished, and you know that a goalie can compensate for some loss of depth, not all loss of depth. The the thing that I think about with with the goaltending is that you can't have a bad defense bring in a good goal and expect to and expect to fix that. No, and the thing that you always say is just because you paid the guy ten million dollars doesn't mean he's a ten million dollar player. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But but if you bring in the if you if the way that a goalie fixes depth is the fact that, like we saw even with Aiden Hill, for those two, three minutes that you can't control the game, your goalie can keep you in it. Right. They can't keep you in it for 60. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're, uh, you know, on an absolute heater like, you know, like Bobrovsky was at times throughout these mm-hmm. playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but, you know, those two, three minutes that you've got the poor depth coming out, that goalie can potentially keep you in it. So that, that's what I wonder is that a team like Colorado that's turning around and saying, we're very close, but I don't know that we're the slam dunk Stanley cup contenders that we were two years ago. When we won with Darcy Kemper. Right. And way more depth. Wow. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Right. Just my thought. Welcome. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I, yeah. I, um, you were the only one that showed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got free tickets. <laughs> um, you lost a bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't believe that. Like, I think that devoting that much cap space to just about any goalie in the NHL is is really ill advised. Yeah. It, you know what? If if Sergei Bobrovsky had one year left on his deal at ten million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. He's got two more after this year. Yeah, with one more you go, ah, do I just kind of go for it and yeah, yeah. push yeah. the chips in yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And you and you still gotta pay Bowen Byram and then you're gonna have to re sign Devin Taves and you know, you've got some you've got some guys that, that are coming up in the next couple of years that you're gonna have to pay and that's gonna take up a lot of space. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean it, ideally on a one year deal. It would be a perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. Bring him in. Keep Landis Gog on I- LTIR for the whole year. Bring him in in the playoffs. Uh, you know, magically he he you know he gets uh, you know has the Mark Stone uh, Nikita Kucherov uh, miracle recovery. Yeah, and he comes back for the playoffs, and then you've got then you've got this guy right. Yeah. So yeah, but if it were one year, I'd say yes. But three years, no chance. I know like that this is not going to happen. I know it, but I just have to say it because it pisses me off. Just go to a soft cap. Just go to the soft cap. Like it, it, like the amount of shenanigans and bending over backwards and, and lies. The lies, Ken. Just go to the soft cap. They don't care. The NHL doesn't care. I know that they don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter to them. It, look, it doesn't bother me that teams are doing this. What bothers me, what bothers me, is that if there was a soft cap situation, then these players that have been LTIR'd and then magically back during the playoffs, if there was a soft cap situation, then we as the spectator would potentially have more chance to see those players playing. Well, I think that uh, one fix for this, and this is Ken Holland's idea, um, is that in the playoffs... 
six twelve, six twelve and two, the twenty players that you dress in the playoffs, ha- that that roster has to be cap compliant. Yeah. So those eighteen guys, like, so you don't, so you could still be over the cap because you got a roster of twenty three or whatever, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, or whatever in the playoffs, as many as you want. Yeah. Um, you're still over the cap technically, but the the twenty players who dress. Their cap hits cannot exceed the cannot exceed the salary cap, which makes perfect sense. I, th- I think I think that's that's a great that's a really good compromise to this whole situation. I agree. You know, and then you do bring, you know, so you do bring Nikita Kucherov or you do bring Mark Stone into the mix. Um, I, I, you know, it'd be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I haven't even thought about it. But what what was Vegas's cap hit on the on the guys that were in the lineup? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not, sure I, I'm not sure what it was, but yeah. but it it will be interesting to see what that would have been. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, should we talk about Hall of Fame and then story time with Uncle Ken and then get out of here? Do we have anything else? Nothing else. Yeah. Okay. That's Hall the of list. Fame. Okay. Well, next week the uh, you know the incredibly transparent uh, Hockey Hall of Fame selection committee uh, of eighteen people. We'll get together for one afternoon and decide the legacies of people who have devoted their entire lives to the game. Is that passive aggressive enough? Do you think? Or, no. No. I, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So I think it's I think it's worthy to talk about you know possibilities of of people who are who are going to be enshrined and and that kind of thing because you know it's next week and it's a big deal for me. I'm I'm a big Hall of Fame guy. I I don't. In that you hate it. No, I love the Hall of Fame. No, I mean the the whole. Thing. I I I think the selection the selection process is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean eighteen people. Yeah, and and they literally get together for an afternoon for a it day. Should be a fan vote so that we can get John Scott into the Hall of Fame. There could be a fan element to it. The NBA, I believe, the NBA has a fan. Like it's part of. Yeah. Like it's weighted, and and yeah. part of it is fans. Sure. And I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that that's going to happen next week. So let's talk about Hall of Fame. Let's talk about Hall of Fame. It's interesting because I think this year is an interesting year because of the people, of the guys who are, are eligible first, you know, first try, first, uh, first ballot, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, there's really only like one that stands out, and that's Henrik Lundqvist. Was he any good? Um, he was good, but it's but it's interesting, you know, yeah. because there's two other guys who are who are eligible. Uh, well, there's a lot of other guys who are eligible, but two other guys that are eligible. One of them is Corey Crawford, and the other is Justin Williams. Hmm. Okay, so it's interesting that you know everybody sees Henrik Lundqvist as the slam dunk Hall of Fame guy, right? Didn't win a goddamn thing. In the NHL in his Corey career, Crawford, right? Two cups. Corey Crawford cups, or at least one cup. Two. Two. Anthony Niemi was the early cup, and then Crawford was the other two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Justin Williams, who might have been the most clutch player in NHL history. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's it's interesting that, you know, really, like, everybody's like, okay, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, slam dunk, and these other guys, like, probably not. You know? Mm-hmm. But, so, I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, but what? But what else? I also find interesting is that okay. So you've got the one guy that's going in. That gives you three spots. So you can do some makeup here. 
You know, right. you can make up for past, you know. So now do you look clo- more closely at the Rod Brindamores and the, you know, and, and the Tom Barrasso's and, the, you know, all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a guy by the name of Paul Paduti who is um, doing some really interesting stuff on, on the Daily Faceoff um, uh, website. He's, a, he's a, a, an accountant in Sudbury. Shout out. He actually worked with my brother-in-law, Wayne McDonald, at the right. same firm in Sudbury. And he's doing some really interesting number-based stuff on Hall of Fame guys, right? And um, Analytically? And- yeah, like, yeah. Analytic stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, really. And you're smiling and getting excited no, it's, and nodding. It's, it's actually really cool stuff. And he made, he recently made the case that the most egregious Hall of Fame omission right now, like the most egregious by far, is Alexander McGillney. And I could see that argument. Oh, I can totally see that argument. Yeah. He should be in. Yeah. You know, there's no question. Yeah. So do you look at... I just get a feeling that there's this swell of support for a guy like Alexander McGilney. Yeah. Maybe Rod Brindamore. But it's also you know? it's also helpful that Leafs fans of my generation that grew up watching and falling in love with Alexander McGilney we're now middle aged. We're now the yeah. adults and we now have a voice. Yeah. Right? So, you know, much like you know, movies that we grew up with are now considered classic movies and, you know, similarly, right? Yeah. So it, uh, that leads as well a lot to the groundswell. Well, it's, well, yeah, but I mean, also, you know, scoring 76 goals in one season for the Doesn't Buffalo hurt. Sabres, one's one, you know, being yeah. 43 in New Jersey, winning the cup. Um, you know, I mean, that it's not just the Toronto thing. He had 127 points in 1992-93. So, um the one thing I will say about McGillney when it comes to Toronto is I don't know if I've ever told you, but I used to work for the Star. I Who? Cover, I covered I covered the Leafs for the Star for the Toronto oh, okay. Star, yeah, Canada's biggest newspaper. Um, oh, that Star. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. anyways, I, I was covering the beat when McGillney signed in two thousand and one in the summer of two thousand and one. Yeah. And I have never seen a bigger chasm between public perception and what the guy actually was like mm-hmm. than Alexander McGillney. Really? Yeah. Like, before he got here, heard he was like a brooding, sullen guy, played when he felt like it, you know, whatever, didn't care, blah, blah, blah. The four years he was here, or the three three and change years he was here, or whatever, or was it yeah. two and change? I can't remember. Anyways, he was... The opposite of all of those things. Great right. guy, funny, great to talk to, good yeah. in the room, played his ass off. Yeah, you know, was a leader. Everything that we had that we had all heard that were terrible things about this guy, they all turned out to be BS. It sounds like, to be honest, it just sounds like the classic nineteen nineties <clears throat> xenophobic attitude towards virtually anybody it from- might it might have been yeah i mean you know and but but i mean he he the vancouver days were not not the best not the best yeah but vancouver yeah it's <laughs> yeah. also not the best but but anyways so yeah so like i mean that's that's interesting notoriously so- kind to their team and players and management yes. vancouver <laughs> yeah. yeah uh so you have that you have those you have guys like that you have um 
you know, on the women's side, I guess, you know, you've got Carolyn Willette was not not uh, inducted last year when she was eligible. You know, there seems to be a bit of support for um, Jennifer Botterill on the women's side. So that'll okay, be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a it'll be an interesting class this year because it might not it might be one of those ones where, um, you know, they they sort of make up for a few of the rather glaring omissions, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, you look and like like I'm sorry, Paul Henderson, no. No. No, 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 no. But he wanted um, it. Yeah. 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 He even said himself that he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. I don't think he, he cares. I don't think he has a problem with not being in the Hall of Fame. Um Yeah. I was just about to say something. And it okay. was about Paul Henderson. Okay. It was about the Hall of Fame. Though. Well, if you if you're if you're gonna put Paul Henderson in on and I'm willing to have that like I've said, I'm willing to have that discussion. Yeah. If you want to put Paul Henderson in, if you're gonna do that, then Robert Reichel. You know who the biggest Robert Reichel. He scored one of the yeah. biggest goals in the history of the Czech Republic yeah. in a shootout, and he had a way better career yeah. than Paul Henderson. Peter Svoboda scored the only goal in the one nothing game in nineteen ninety eight olympics right to beat russia yeah i mean and he had a he had a a really good solid career yeah better than you know i mean you want to talk about paul henderson going in i've got all the time for that but you want to talk about that then you then we're going to talk about you know robert reichel peter svoboda micah rizzioni jim craig uh bill christian bill cleary you know guys you know that that came up in big moments as well Mm-hmm. And don't have Hall of Fame credentials, then yeah. we got to talk about those guys too. We have to open up those floodgates. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that to me, I, the biggest wrong that I think is it should be righted this year is uh, I think that they need to come up with another category so that Gary Bettman can get into the Hall of Fame again. Again. Yeah. I think again. They, yeah. I think they need like to the so first last, dual recipient. Well, yeah. they can put they put him in as a builder. They should just put him in as a player. Well, just put him no, in as a player. I, I think that you can make up another one. Uh, maybe we can have an expander category. Maybe we can C- have a CTE Sun Belt. De- CTE denier a category. CTE denier category. <laughs> Hall of Fame of CTE den- den- deniers. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Phil Castle sat out every playoff game, right? Correct. How many did they play? Uh, 20, 21, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's like going for the healthy scratch Iron Man streak. So <laughs> that's very funny. There was uh there's a guy on Instagram who goes by the handle coach chippy and, uh, oh, yeah. and he does these little stupid skits and, and, uh, anyways, he does this one where Kessel calls up Crosby and says, you know, like, uh, hey, hey, Sid, hey, Sid, I just got a uh, got another cup, and uh, I, like, I got a question for you. Why'd you make me work so hard for the first two? <laughs> why did I, why did I? This is easy. That's not bad. You mean to tell me I could have just that's not done bad. nothing and gotten a Stanley Cup? I thought it was pretty funny the way he was throwing shade around after though. I thought that was pretty what good. Did he say? I said, "Oh yeah, well, you know, it takes me back to my Toronto days, and you oh, guys yeah, never yeah. thought I'd win a cup, and now I have three of them." Yeah, you know? yeah, and and yeah, but you weren't never you were never going to win a cup in Toronto, no, because you were never going to win a cup as the heartbeat of the team. You know what I mean? 
Like he yeah. won his cu- he won his cups in Pittsburgh because he was in a secondary role and he excelled in that secondary role. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy should have won the Conn Smythe. Right. I, I yeah, that's exactly. what I, was I think about he should have won the yeah. Conn Smythe. Um, I also think that you know you now you look at it. He's got the he's got the Iron Man streak. He's got the two cups, three cups. I mean, yeah. you know, he played sixty games this year. Yeah. Whatever. Or, no, he played all. Yeah, what am I talking about? He played all eighty two games, this year. Games yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah. Um. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I I uh, I think that it's hard to disagree with him yeah. being a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that being said, you know, I mean, big asterisks behind the last cup. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, I, yeah. I'm not trying to throw shade. I, I, you know, the thing was is that it was nice seeing Kessel and and Quick hoist cups again. But I mean, Denny Savard was a healthy scratch when Montreal won the cup. Right. Right. And he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame, but it's Danny Savard. I get it. It's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. yeah, but you know. Anyways, but the point is, is that it's with with Kessel and uh, Quick hoisting cups. It felt right in the sense that it didn't are- feel it didn't feel right to me that that Quick took the cup before, before Aiden, Aiden Hill. Hill. Yeah, that was weird. I, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like. I didn't I like totally that agree. at all. Like I totally at agree. all. Um, I thought that. I thought that you know a guy like Quick would be like. Yeah, I'll just wait. I'll just wait here. I've done this twice I, before. Yeah, I've done this twice before. I've I've had my moment. Yeah. You know, I was a bit player here. I came in at the trade deadline, blah, blah, blah. Like, Aiden Hill should have been lifting that cup up way before Jonathan Quick. Bit player is generous. There were times where he wasn't even the second goalie on yeah. the depth chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, I, yeah. I, I, nailed, I, I nailed the first cup pass. I said it was going to be Riley Smith. Yeah. And I, I thought what they were going to do was they were going to go through the Misfits, which yeah. they did, Yeah, which was great. I thought it was going to be March or so and then go through the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because he was I a Conn Smythe winner. I, well, I think if he hadn't won the Conn Smythe, it might have been him. You know, but he had already had his moment. Yeah. And he said something to Jack Eichel right after they mentioned his name. And I'm wondering if he said something like, yeah, you should have won this or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Marcia so winning it, particularly since I don't think Jack Eichel scored a goal in the final two rounds. Yeah. But I just felt like Marcia so was scoring the goals, mm-hmm. but Eichel was Eichel was driving play. Eichel I mean, was driving he was driving play. I'm not I'm I'm not disputing that, but you could say the exact same thing with different emphasis and <laughs> and it would sound completely different. Yeah, but Eichel was driving play, but Marcheseau was scoring the goals. Right. And you know what? Again, it kind of contradicts what I say is that goals should be worth more than assists. I've yeah. always said that. I've always thought that goals should be worth two points and assists worth one. But last you know? last week, last week we talked about our Conn Smythe picks. And one of us picked Marcheseau and, uh, and one of us picked Eichel. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that to be funny. Uh, and it never works out for me. Right. But because you're not funny. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> but the bottom line, I think, with both of our picks was that when you said Eichel, I went, yeah. 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 Like, like they weren't, yeah. there were no wrong answers I, I to Eichel or, or Marshall. Or Hill. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill winning it. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill. Yeah. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill, Stone, Marshall, Eichel, or Petrangelo. Any one of those five uh, yeah. winning it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have just said, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no great controversy. 
Right. Even the year that Kessel should have gotten it, who who got it that year? Crosby. Crosby got it. That's Crosby. right. Yeah. Do you really have a problem with Crosby getting it? Well, it's just, or do you, you know, just think Crosby's that Kessel had... should have been. Well, it's just to me. I mean, it's like we're talking like when it's like that, and you're talking about a guy's legacy. You know, like I guess to me, it's like it's like you know, like if if Phil Kessel gets the Conn Smythe Trophy in twenty, what was it seventeen or sixteen? I think it was 17. 17. It'd be funny if he got if he this gets it, Mike, If he gets it, yeah. If he gets it, I mean that that makes him a that makes him a lock for the Hall of Fame. Now he's now he's kind of like, you know, a bubble guy. Yeah. So I mean, when you're talking about people's legacies and especially, you know, I mean, does Sid Crosby really need another trophy? Like, I mean, it's great, <laughs> but I really do believe that Phil Kessel was was the MVP of that team so, uh, in the playoffs, so. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Come one, come all, to another edition of Storytime with Uncle Ken. Today's story features the wit and witticisms of Jim McKenney. So, grab a cup of mocha and sit in your comfy chair, fetch your pipe and slippers, relax, and hear the soothing tones of Ken Campbell talking about Jim McKenney. Uh, I don't know if people who are listening know who Jim McKenney is, but he was a long, long time defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Actually, gave gave Boreas Salming his nickname King, hmm. um, and and was actually quite close with Boria. Um, and uh, he was a character, all kinds of talent, like hugely talented defenseman. Uh, you know, applying himself maybe was a an issue at times. Um, struggled with alcohol, you know, uh, uh, has been sober for decades now. Um, you know, what became a, a sportscaster in Toronto, very popular guy, really good guy, funny guy, like really great stories and everything. And I don't think he'll mind, mind me telling this one, but before I do tell it, I am going to use a word in it that is, Completely and utterly inappropriate in this day and age, but it's germane to the story, so I kind of have to use it. Okay, uh, I don't. I you know. So let's 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 put the story into context that it happened in like 1974. You know, I mean. So McKenney's plan for the Leafs, and he's actually having some pretty good seasons uh, at that point in his career. You know, he's like putting up 50 points, 35 points, 40 points, um, and Red Kelly was the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Red Kelly, the Hall of Famer, the, you know, the, you know, the pyramid power guy, everything. Like, he's just, you know. So, anyways, Jim McKenney's kid shows up at practice one day. Kid's like 10 years old, 8, eight 10 years old at the time. Shows up at practice one day. And after practice, Red Kelly's talking to him. And you have to realize the kind of person Red Kelly was, right? He was like the most gentle, like caring, you know, like, like just, just a, just a solid human being, you know, Christian and, you know, great values and, and just a, just a really, really good person who, you know, would not wish anything bad on anyone. Right. And so he's talking to Jim McKenney's kid after practice and he's like, Oh yeah, Lewis, what's your name? And blah, blah, blah. And he's try- trying to be really nice to the kid and everything. And the kid looks up at him and goes, my mom thinks you're an effing retard. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I talked to Jim McKenney afterwards, and he goes, ah, ah, you know, Rand, kids say the darndest things. <laughs> that kid must have been great to Santa's at the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was just a number, one of a number of great Jim McKenney yarns. But a great guy, really good player, kid who maybe, you know, should have... Gotten his mouth washed out yeah, with soap. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine saying that to an NHL coach? And Red Kelly, who's like the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. Like the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. My mom thinks you're an effing retard. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining Ken Campbell and myself, Dylan Waugh, on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at Ken underscore Campbell 27, and at underscore Dylan Waugh. Don't forget to check out our Apple Podcasts and KenCampbell.substack.com.